0: Christine. And I'm Alan. We'd like to thank you for tuning in to our discussion this week.
1: Our hope is that we'll share some information that you'll find helpful.
0: So now we invite you to join us as we together
1: listen, listen for, for the, the word.
0: word. Hi everybody and welcome to our podcast today. Today we'll be looking at a very, very short uh, piece from the Revised Common Lectionary. This is Mary and Martha. Um, and it's Luke 10, verses 38 through 42. So um, this is one of my favorites, and um, I hope you enjoy our, our discussion of this today. But Alan, why don't you put this into some context for
1: us? I, I, I will, and I have to begin by admitting, as I did to Christy before we got started here, I'm, I'm a bit embarrassed that I really haven't paid as much attention to this passage as I did in preparation for the podcast. And I think, unfortunately, that's been a typical attitude on the part of male interpreters throughout the centuries. And uh, as I said, I'm a bit embarrassed by that. So I'm I'm glad for the opportunity to to dig into this passage and, and to hear it in a way that maybe I haven't heard it before.
0: And interestingly enough, I think as, as a woman coming to this, I have probably placed more emphasis on it. it is always, I've always been drawn to their story. I've always been able to put myself in their shoes. So um, it, despite this modern age of trying to divide out gender, um, I think we are still very much in tune with gender roles. So. Sure, sure.
1: Mm-hmm. So, you know, it is a relatively short passage, but our, the gospel lesson does raise a number of questions, and, and especially because it addresses the role of women as disciples of Jesus, it has created a great deal of debate. And we are dealing with the episode in which Martha is said to welcome Jesus into her home in Luke's gospel. Now, it's only found in Luke's gospel, but the fact that Martha had a sister named Mary and that they provided a meal for him has to bring up the episode in the gospel of John Mm -hmm. in John 12, one through three, where there's some distinct similarities, but there are a great deal of differences also. And I think what we can say for sure is that the gospel tradition knew of a a meal prepared for Jesus by Martha, who had a sister named Mary, who related to Jesus more Mm -hmm. personally. And either the evangelists or the gospel sources they use constructed very different narratives from that tradition. So this is an interesting look into sort of the origins of the gospels. Uh, and their use of tra- the gospel tradition.
0: It is it, very interesting, and uh, there's so many things that go through my head when I when I even think ab- about the this the gospel tradition with this story mm-hmm. that clearly was there. I, I mean, automatically my mind, and this is not in here, and it's not fair. But Mary's the little sister, and Martha's the responsible older. You know, right, I have all right. these things that I place on top of this when I read it.
1: Well, and one of the really important things is that in John's gospel, Lazarus is their brother,
0: exactly. Right,
1: and here it's just Mary and Martha mentioned, it, and it, it's Mary's home. I mean, it's Martha's home,
0: right? And we read Martha's home, which yeah. is really also in itself pretty interesting because yeah. very few women actually would have had their own home. Right. So it's easy to put Lazarus on top. And say, well, it's Lazarus's home, right. but not here. And nope. I think this is significant that it Luke is. puts it this way. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. So it is.
1: It is very different from the story in John, although they do have some similarities now the fact that martha is said to have welcomed jesus into her home also brings up another issue and that is the textual variation in this episode there's a bit of textual variation going mm-hmm. on and part of the problem really is that the most important uh, manuscript witnesses are divided wow. so um um uh P, two of the papyri P45 and P75 who are early early um, t- uh, copies of Luke and then and Vaticanus B um, and the critical Greek New Testament um, and a- along with many recent New Testament translations simply say that Martha welcomed him or welcomed him as a guest mm-hmm. um, but the older English Bible tradition follows the reading of Sinaiticus or Aleph, Alexandrinus, or A, and D, or Codex Beza. uh, And they say that she welcomed him into her home or her house. Mm -hmm. Now, it's important to note that these three important manuscripts aren't, they don't have exactly the same reading, but they all three indicate, among others, they all three indicate that um, Martha specifically welcomed him into her house Mm -hmm. or her home. So, furthermore, Jesus' statement to Martha in in verses 41 and 42 mm-hmm. is also problematic. Most English translations, again, follow the papyri, P45 and P75, and the critical Greek New Testament in the reading. Only one thing is needed, or just simply one thing is needed. On the other hand, a few translations, and among them, the newly released NRSV updated edition, which I found mm. surprising, follow Sinaiticus, or Aleph, and B., um, and although again, they don't have exactly the same reading because they don't agree exactly in word order with the translation. Few things are needed; indeed, only one. I, again, I think you know, and we could we can't, we could go into detail about both of these uh, of uh, both of these variants. I think we should read that Martha welcomed him into her home or her house, mm-hmm. and I think we should read only one thing is needed. And and the problem though is that the most important manuscript witnesses are divided, and I would say this probably reflects the instability of this episode in the gospel mm. tradition. Just like we saw with comparing John and Luke, you know, they're two very different stories. Um, I mm-hmm. think I think this this represents the sort of the uncertainty of the gospel tradition about uh, this particular episode in some in, in some of its details at least.
0: And it's interesting just not only the variation between the the ancient resources but also which translations are going back and forth between each one and so you know there's a scholar or two behind each one is pushing for one variation or another and Mm -hmm. and this is what's decided on and i think it's interesting because i think we forget that when we pick up our scripture and we just read it and we have this assumption that this is kind of the best translation out there and so <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, and especially if you're using the new updated edition of the new RSV, it's it's important to note that, that it departs from the RS new RSV the other the one, the before, other, it. The one exactly. before it, right? Yeah. The version before it, and and so, um, you know, if you're reading, you know, if you're going to a an online Bible uh so, source and you're using the updated edition and you're reading that in the pulpit and are your your parishioners are reading from a printed or an NRSV it's going so to be different text so you need to be need to be aware of that I also <laughs>
0: noticed that um the CEB a lot of folks have, have been using that one quite a bit mm-hmm. use this uh welcomed him or welcomed him as a guest right and um, left out into her home and, in, into her home mm-hmm. exactly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Now, a third issue comes up with reference to this passage in terms of the relatively independent role that Martha plays in that she welcomed him into her home, which is a common way of indicating the kind of hospitality that we already recognized um, a couple weeks ago as an essential virtue in the early Christian community. So Martha is portrayed as the host extending hospitality in her home and that it was her home and that she extended hospitality places her sort of in the company of the women named in Luke 8 2 through 3 who were said to accompany Jesus and the 12 and were ministering to them out of their own resources and again that's the translation of the new updated NRSV Mm -hmm. and it's not the translation of the old NRSV (laughs) but it's also the King James and the American Standard. Uh, The vast majority of more recent English translations render the verb diakoneo which Mm -hmm. is translated ministering here uh, in Luke 8 3 in some way as providing for or helping to support Jesus and the 12 Mm -hmm. and Again, I, again, while I think it's likely that these women were women, the means who were able to support Jesus and His disciples in their ministry, there is context in Luke and Acts, uh, especially with Lydia in Acts sixteen mm-hmm. fifteen, to suggest that they very likely assisted with the ministry itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is this is one of the uh, arguments that uh, Louisa Shotroff makes in a in an article she wrote back in nineteen ninety three, "Women as Disciples of Jesus in New Testament mm-hmm. Times." And you know, she argues the fact that the that these women w- had been healed, you know, would um, enable them to bear witness, you know, to what Jesus had done right. for them. But also, she argues with reference to the women at the tomb in Mark's gospel; they're the only ones who witnessed the resurrection right. in Mark's gospel, and they're commissioned to proclaim the good news. So th- there are uh, there are other um, um, places in the gospel tradition where we see women doing this. Now, again, this would have run. Counter to conventional norms in the day, and there was an effort to maintain some conventions for the sake of avoiding any unnecessary. Uh, offense. So, for example, mm-hmm. the head coverings in 1 Corinthians 11. Yes,
0: exactly.
1: But nevertheless, there's ample evidence in the New Testament that women played many roles as messengers of the kingdom among Jesus' disciples, as I mentioned, as mm-hmm. the apostles to the apostle, uh, apostles with the good news that Jesus was risen, right. and as hosts for and co-workers with Paul. Um, Phoebe is called a diaconos of a specific church right. in Sincrea, right. which was near Corinth. Uh, Priscilla uh, was um, pr- named, along with her husband Aquila, as a co-laborer right. with me in Christ Jesus. And Junia, who is also named with Andronicus, as prominent among the apostles who right. were in Christ Jesus before I was. Right. And this is all from Romans chapter 16.
0: Now, you could correct me, and I'm, I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but from what I understand, there are, are translations that take Junia and turn it into a male
1: Some of the older translations do that.
0: Which... Which really then takes away from mm. this the, this women's role, mm-hmm. and um, I think that's a real tragedy. Actually, that happened.
1: And there is some debate about the form of the of the of the name. Is it is it intended to be a male name or a female name? But there's no question with Phoebe. <laughs> exactly. Right, right. Yeah. Well, so. and then
0: I'm thinking of Corinthians where we have Chloe and right. um uh, yeah. um and Corinthians where they're talking about also the the who's following which. Right. Well, and in
1: Philippians, there are two women who are named, Euodia and Syntyche, who apparently have some sort of leading role. So there's
0: a lot of, there's actually quite a few women that are actually mentioned. We just don't get their full stories. And so here we have this wonderful story about women Um, really early on where Jesus is kind of showing us this, this, radical kingdom that he, that he has. Yeah. It's, it's really throwing out kind of the established exactly. order. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, well, and we, we saw that last week with a Samaritan who's made the example for what it means to to love your neighbors yourself, mm-hmm. and this week we're, we're seeing it with, with women as as disciples of Jesus. Yep. Now, um, one thing I want to note also is that uh, Professor Shutroff's uh, article does a great job, even though it's an older work, it does a great job of uh, establishing the evidence that this was, that, that that this this pattern of independent women um, taking on non- unconventional roles, even though you know there was literature in the society and there were efforts to sort of maintain those conventional norms, women in not only in the Roman and Greek societies but also in a Jewish context were you know especially independent women of, of means were were able to to uh, function outside those those conventions, just like Martha is doing mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. So next then we come to the question of the relative roles of Martha and Mary. Mary is mentioned first in Luke's narrative. Martha had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying, or literally listened to his word. Now, on the other hand, Luke says that Martha herself was distracted by her many tasks. And it's important to note that the Greek New Testament says that Martha was distracted peri pauline diakonion, with much service mm-hmm. or much ministry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now the particular diaconian diaconia that she was offering at that time may well have been preparing a meal. I'm surprised that it is mostly older translations that translate this phrase with much serving. It's mostly older translations mm-hmm. that do that. Interesting. While most newer translations follow the new RSV above, that that she was distracted by her many tasks or some variation of a translation specific to meal preparation, and I think this does a disservice I do to the too, text
0: because the serving image really Diakonia, yeah. reminds us that Martha's not doing anything wrong. But when mm-hmm. it, but tasks become like, oh, she's ignoring that Jesus is there, but serving yeah. is is has a different meaning. Yeah.
1: Now, again, while gent- Jesus gently redirects Martha from her distraction, he does not criticize her, and we must pay attention to the fact that what she was doing was called diakonia, and then she herself says diakoneo in the same verse. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a key concept in Acts and throughout the New Testament, and only here in the New Testament is it ever translated as something other than ministry. I find that interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everywhere else that diaconia, the noun form, appears in the New Testament, it has a clear connection with ministry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I get the fact that the verb diakoneo, also indicates ministry, but there are some uses that clearly indicate serving food, and so maybe some some scholars want to argue that the connection with the verb here is is why they're translating the noun oh, in that way. Maybe. Nevertheless, I I'm not buying it. I think that diaconia is diaconia, and and whoever's doing it, it's still diaconia, mm-hmm, and I and so, so um, Martha's hospitality is a form of diaconia, right, and right. it's important. So again, I think it's important to see that there really is no criticism of Martha for her work of extending hospitality, for her ministry of mm-hmm. extending hospitality to Jesus and the disciples. Hospitality was a form of ministry,
0: right? Absolutely. Well, as I'm thinking earlier, we see that in this is paired the Revised Common Lectionary with with the Genesis passage. I think it's Genesis eighteen where. Abraham is visited by the three, Mm -hmm. and Sarah is what? She's She's making the bread. She's making the bread. So right there is an example of that. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So Martha is engaged in a form of ministry or diakonia. So the contrast is not that that somehow there's something wrong with what Martha is doing. The contrast in Luke is between the main verbs in the passage, and I think we should see this. Mary, sitting at the Lord's feet in the position of a disciple, just as we saw the garrison demoniac sitting Mm -hmm. at the Lord's feet, Was listening to his word. And it's Ekuen Ton Logon Autu. So Mary was listening to Jesus' word while Martha was distracted by much serving. Peri peri So the contrast is not that somehow the kind of thing that Martha was doing was wrong. It is between listening to the word of the Lord, which is a posture of discipleship, and be versus being distracted, which in the New Testament is an obstacle to discipleship. And you know, mm-hmm. some of the some of the verbs that that Jesus is going to use. When he redirects her, uh, play into that that idea that that um, you know she's she's worried, she's troubled, and that this is you know especially the verb for for worry is one that is contrasted with with um, discipleship mm-hmm. in Luke's gospel. So then we move on to the dialogue between Martha and Jesus, and I think this can be confusing as well because it is here that many read a criticism of Martha's Mm -hmm. activity. Because Martha was distracted while Mary was listening, Martha came to Jesus and complained, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work, or it's literally diakoneo, it's the verb Mm diakoneo, by myself. Tell her then to help me. That's verse 40. And again, it's important to note that Martha says that her sister has left me to serve alone, literally. Mm-hmm. And the verb is diaconine. Jesus' answer expands on Luke's statement that Martha was distracted by much serving. He says, Martha, Martha, which is almost universally recognized as a gentle form mm-hmm. of address. Uh, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. Now, many have taken the statement that Mary has chosen the better part as devaluing what Martha was doing in extending hospitality to Jesus. I would say, however, that Jesus' statement that Martha was worried and troubled about many things focuses on her state of mind or her state of heart Mm -hmm. rather than what she was doing. Worrying is something, as I mentioned, that Jesus will address later in Luke's gospel as a hindrance to discipleship, uh, especially in the the passage in, in Luke 12, which is regarding worrying about food and clothing, and it's specifically contrasted with seeking the kingdom. The better part, literally the good part, but the implication here is that there's a comparison, and mm-hmm. so the better, that Mary has chosen is to adopt the posture of listening to the word of the Lord. And so that is what is, is, what is being commended here in this particular mm-hmm. passage, mm-hmm. is that posture of discipleship, of listening to the word of the Lord.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So then in the context of Luke's narrative about Jesus' journey to Jerusalem, I think the point of this passage is about how to follow Jesus in discipleship. Diaconia is important in that it meets needs, and thus will, it will become a role in the early church. And in fact, there will be diaconos. There will be a diaconos who is 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 sort of a kind of minister. It's a, a title of ministry along with uh, episkopos and and shepherd poimain or or shepherd uh, and apostolos. You know, and mm-hmm. so diaconos is a role in the early church, um, but. As important as Deaconia is, listening to and learning from the word of the Lord takes precedence. And so I th- also think we have to note that Jesus is identified as the mm-hmm. Lord three times in these few yeah. verses. And, you know, we've talked already about how Luke Luke's characters and Luke's gospel does refer to Jesus as kurios, but... Three times in this one passage, I think, is meant to get get our attention. And I think the idea is this emphasizes his authority as teacher and thus the importance of listening to his word. Mm -hmm. So this is the one thing, then, that Jesus says is necessary, and that's hearing the word of the Lord.
0: Yep, yep, yep,
1: So I think it's important here to call attention to the fact that Jesus' endorsement of Mary taking on a role of disciple by listening and learning from him not only would have run contrary to the conventional roles of women in the day, but it would have also implied, I think, an implicit endorsement of a woman serving as a messenger of the kingdom of God, although it's not explicit here. That's what those who adopt the posture of a disciple do. I mean, re- recall right. the Garrison right. demoniac. You know, exactly. he was sitting at the feet of Jesus. He asked to go with Jesus, and right. Jesus sent him sent him back and said, No, go yep. and tell exactly. the people that you know, of your town, you know, all the all that God has done exactly. for you. Exactly. So I, I think there is an implicit endorsement here. And and again, as as Professor Shotroff pointed out in her article, um, you know, we, we do see women doing those things, even in the Gospels.
0: Right, right.
1: At the same time, I would say that Jesus' acceptance of Martha's diakonia in the form of hospitality also endorses her unconventional role as a host of a group of men. Mm-hmm. And as Francois Bauvin puts it in his Hermonia commentary on Luke, the two kinds of Christian ministry, which go back to Jesus' double activity through word and deed, teaching and charitable action, are both indispensable. And this passage confirms right. their importance. So the ministry of the word and the ministry of service, right. you know, they're both important. Right. Um, I think Luke wants to say, you know, I mean I think it's interesting that this this follows the good samaritan and we can explore this later. The good samaritan I, right. passage is all about doing and this passage is all right. about hearing and we have to balance those two.
0: And I think the ver- yeah and there's a as I think you're seeing there's so much depth here and I I want to explore that later but I think it'll come it'll add what we learn from our medieval and renaissance folks before we take into what this broader context might be with the with the parable of the Good Samaritan, um, because there's some general assumptions about reading this text that become embedded in the medieval church and that our reformers start to question, but yet to the extent that it continues to push through to the interpretation, really, really have its roots in in some of the, some of what becomes embedded into the kind of medieval tradition so
1: well and you know i would even go as far as to say i think um um most people who have read this passage throughout the history of the church have a lot of people have come to it with certain agenda and imposed certain agenda on this text. I, I think so too. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it starts in the early church. It's not just a medieval thing, well, I, yeah. right? I mean, and, they, they,
0: they start it, but then yeah. it becomes embedded in right. how the church works, right. which you know.
1: And and you know, one of the things I think we can we can talk about as well is is you know, trying to read the text and and allow it to speak for itself as opposed to imposing our agenda on it. True, very true. Yeah.
0: All right, we'll come back in a little bit here and and talk about the Reformation and the kind of assumptions about this prior to them.
1: Thanks. Thanks. Hi, friends, we're back, and we are going to take a look at how the Reformers dealt with this passage. So, Christy, lead us through this.
0: Sure, and actually today I'm going to start with an image, a very famous image by Diego Velasquez from 1618 on Christ in the House of Mary and Martha. Um, and art historians will be familiar with this this very famous work. Uh, and obviously, this is really after our our main Reformers have, have, have kind of made their basic uh, theological shifts. So what you get here is this picture that gives us an idea of, of how this has been um, understood within, and I'm arguing within Europe as a whole, from, from kind of some of the um, interpretations that come from the Protestant reformers. So if you want to pull up that picture on Google, if you're available, but if not, you see in the foreground this big, big image of a a woman who has a wonderful expression on her face, (laughs) cooking and working hard. She's got eggs and fish and um, all kinds of things in front of her. She's cooking. So it's, it's, it's heightening that idea of the serving a big meal kind of mentality. And she looks particularly annoyed as I said, it's a wonderful (laughs) look on her face. And then there's like an elderly woman behind her and, it's, it's hard to say, but she it looks like she might be pointing. and in the background then is this kind of image where you see Christ talking to Mary and Martha. And so as tradition goes, and there's some debate about the interpretation of this, that as this woman is working hard and slaving away at the kitchen, she's being reminded of what of Jesus's message that listening and serving hmm. Jesus is really paramount to this, Busyness and, and working herself to the bone wow. at, at the kitchen, and so this is this is kind of the role that's become down to us is that um, serving out of joy, serving out of first listening to the word of God and God's call in your life. So this kind of gives you the, if you will, early modern interpretation of this. Scripture. Nice, nice, Thanks, and Christy. you can see it there. And we have a black and white copy, but the color copy is really quite quite extraordinary. But um, so that gives us a a kind of a starting point, if you will, from which we can kind of look at, well, how how did we get to this point from really some um, assumptions about this passage in the past? And the medieval interpretation is active life versus contemplative life. Um, And when you look at the picture anyway, you don't seem to get the impression that what Martha's doing isn't terribly bad, but rather, though, that her attention still needs to be on the word. See, so responding out of the word as opposed to um, just slaving away. And how many of us have slaved away, being really annoyed because we're missing everything else that's going on in the household? Right? It's like Thanksgiving dinner, and my fingers are raw, and everybody else is going and doing something else. So we've all had this experience. Many uh, men and women have where we, we're missing out. So. Um, but the medieval interpretation really is this active life versus contemplative life stuff, and really that the contemplative life is better. Mary is better. Her role in in, in, in just sitting and, and concentrating on Scripture is better, or on Jesus in this particular case is better, um, than what you would do in day-to-day life.
1: I still find it interesting, though, that, you know, within that construct, um, you know, <clears throat> devoting yourself to the contemplative life as you know in a cloistered setting as a nun is still sort of a conventional role for a woman and and not one that in, that that breaks out of any of the of the conventional stereotypes it seems to me even though even though there's this role for Mary as a as a, in a contemplative role it's still kind of assigning women to a very conventional a role in life because you know, the, the woman is not to, not to, not to preach, not to take, you know, not to do, not to do other kinds of ministry, but rather, you know, to, to cloister herself.
0: This is the ideal, right? And it's, and, and, and women as men, the ideal spiritual life is the one of contemplation contemplation and, and the ideal spiritual life. And any families can, can really feel like they have served the Lord well if they have family members that go Mm -hmm. into the cloister. And Mm -hmm. so um, viewed in this very traditional way. um, And I think it's interesting, too, as the passage supports both men in in this interpretation, both men and women in contemplative life. Mm -hmm. And this is that kind of Neoplatonic assumption that what's spiritual is closer to God, and then what's physical is lower and baser. And if you're doing physical work um, that... that That the physicality of it, or at least the physicality caught up with worrying about serving others um, food is is, <laughs> is baser mm-hmm. than than being able to pray and being in that space. Now, there is actually quite a quite a lovely um, piece I found. Um that that some of the later cloisters started to really look at this as both the value of Mary's role and Martha's role that mm. it was good to be contemplative, but it was also really really good to work and obviously mm-hmm. monasteries had to be self-supportive sure. so but but this passage was later adapted then to support that, That work. uh, So the combination of the active life uh, and the the contemplative life. Right. But at least early on, this was used just to support the benefits of the contemplative life, Mm -hmm. that this is what Mm -hmm. Jesus wanted. Um, Now, Calvin um, uh, responds to this. is really is, is it a condemnation of and, and that they have it all wrong? And he spends quite a long time in his commentary really responding to this Roman Catholic view of this as um, a support of the contemplative or the act of life completely misses the point of the passage. And um, he responds, quote, "We know that human beings were created for the express purpose of being employed in labor of various kinds." And that no sacrifice is more pleasing to God than when every person applies diligently to his own calling and endeavors to live in such a manner as to contribute to the general advantage. Mm. So he's really, and this is the Protestant work ethic, right? right? This is what I was
1: thinking about. Yeah.
0: Comes out of the Reformed tradition that this work is important. But um, so he attacks this kind of traditional Roman Catholic
1: view which uh, isn't surprising coming from calvin right right Uh, right Uh,
0: another piece from this so is um that martha is sinful Mm. and i think alan kind of pointed out in there it really isn't isn't a lot of support for that but certainly the interpreters come in and it seems to be kind of a, a general assumption that she is sinning by by continuing to do the work and there's several different takes on why So Luther, for example, condemns Martha for not sitting and listening to Jesus. Mm. Um, Her attention to physical needs rather than spiritual ones, if you will, a works versus faith position. Mm. In Luther's view, Martha's understanding of how God works is wrong. Her heart is not in the right place, which is to listen to Jesus, not be worrying, because Again, that spiritual care is there rather than do physical work.
1: So so Martha is trying to gain the Lord's pleasure by what she's doing yep. versus just accepting Precisely. the by faith the, the Lord's teaching. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Calvin also notes Martha's sins, and his point was, one, that she was doing extravagant entertaining, mm. that this was over the top, that this was, um, this was not how Jesus... Um, Jesus didn't need or want that kind of extravagance. That's
1: interesting because you know that you have that variant where where some translations read it, you know, Um, only a few things are necessary and really only one. And most um, New Testament scholars see that variant as coming out of the scribes' interpretation of what Jesus is saying is referring to the meal preparation. In other words, Jesus is saying, you don't need to make an elaborate meal. You, You can keep it simple. I don't even know to what extent that that reading would have been available to Calvin, and I don't know that he would have been reading out of that but um, um, yeah, that that so that's an interesting because it seems like it seems like that was sort of a um, a, a, a an ecclesiastical reading of this passage was that Jesus mm-hmm. sort of the way Jesus was responding to Martha was you don't need to be making so much food
0: right right you don't need make, yeah exactly and uh, he he doesn't go into details about.
1: Well, I can see where he, where he would get this idea that it was extravagant entertainment mm-hmm, from because that was that was kind of the the reading that that the scribes seemed to presuppose.
0: Right, right. Um, and then he also criticized her for not listening to Jesus for depriving herself of his visit. You know that the better thing was to be sitting there listening to Jesus, and she's depriving depriving that of herself of that call in her life. So it's a sin because she's being self absorbed. Mm, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, sounds a little harsh to me. It is harsh. <laughs> well, it gets harsher because after calvin in the reformed tradition um some of the puritan people go really really far that um they say look martha's sin is just her righteousness that she has to go and tell jesus to come make mary what she's supposed to be doing and she's so righteous as to criticize her sister and so um this internal attitude that her sin was like her vanity that she was being right and to criticize her sister so it gets pretty pretty rigid um Hmm. now I do want to point out that despite this kind of habit of, of, of criticizing Martha, um, Erasmus um, doesn't condemn her at all. And he acknowledges that both Mary and Martha love Jesus and go about their devotion differently.
1: Yeah, I like that. I like mm-hmm. that. I think that's interesting. I found some of that also. Um, John Chrysostom and uh, Cyril of Alexandria, who I think were both in the, about the 4th century, mm-hmm. um took a similar approach mm-hmm. uh, now obviously uh, I'm sure Erasmus uh, neither Erasmus nor John Chrysostom nor of Alexander would have had a more modern view of the role no. of women Mm-mm. but um but at least they recog- they didn't they didn't criticize Martha
0: right exactly another piece is that when the word is preached we should stop and listen um so this is a um this is a little different take on the matter suggesting that first it is significant that jesus is there but that also he is teaching Mm. so um and they relate this then over to a preacher so when a preacher is preaching we should stop and listen um and john mayer makes uh he's a he's an anglican guy so he's in england he's um uh, being influenced by Church of England. Um, and he presents uh, makes a clear difference between when the word is preached and when it is not. And so it's mm. not a prescription to sit around all day. So you should be working... Protestant work ethic but a reminder our call is to listen when it is time and he makes a distinct difference between listening to a sermon and socializing with the pastor (laughs) so in other words pastor not every
1: word that comes out of the mouth of the pastor is the word of god Yeah, let let the pastor be human when you're out
0: socializing uh luther also makes this point that when the word is preached we stop and listen and calvin who says there is quote a time to hear and a time to act
1: Yeah. yeah
0: yeah so i think that's um I think that's important, but but trying to point out um, in this again that's the importance of Jesus' teaching. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and you know we can reflect on this later, but I think you know in the context of Luke's teachings about discipleship as a whole, I, I you know I, I I doubt that that Calvin saying it's there's a time to hear and a time to act is similar to to how I would read that phrase in terms of Mary and Martha. Uh, and and the roles that Mary and Martha had in relation to Jesus and as his disciples, but um, I do I do think that's a that's a good way of looking at. I, I think that theme of discipleship is mm-hmm. is something that is true to what Luke is trying to do.
0: Mm-hmm. I think so too. Um, another piece is the division between body and soul. Um, and for Erasmus, this passage really marked the division between our physical body and our worldliness versus our spiritual na- nature. Um, and reflected the medieval idea that the body was base and the spirit was more godly, and therefore sitting and listening was more important than doing things of the body. Um, and as we noted, Erasmus never does condemn Martha as a, as a sinner, as her intentions were good, um, but that rather that care for the soul is most important. Mm-hmm. So, And then finally, and this one seems really kind of, Duh. But they make a deal about it. They, they they make a big deal that Jesus is kind. And all commentators, all of them agree that Jesus in kind in dealing with Martha, whether or not they think Martha sinned, they all agree that, that Jesus mm. is gentle with her.
1: Well, and I find that reflected even in modern commentaries, mm-hmm. you know, that the, that the double Martha Martha is meant mm-hmm. as a gentle response and not as one that was harsh.
0: Right. And um, he... The, they understand her miss um, they understand her misunderstanding of, of of her call and guides her to see this differently as she perceived the situation Jesus quote tweets uh, treats us gently even though from time to time we fail and do not know what is right mm. and this is that's from Luther and we should also learn from Martha who did not fight Jesus but is rather accepting of the teaching huh.
1: so so that presupposes that Martha would have dropped her. Your yeah, preparations which, and would have gone gone to gone, to, to, gone listen to listen to Jesus.
0: Which is what we see in the Velasquez mm. picture is mm. Martha coming over to listen to Jesus. Mm. And so I think that's a really interesting, interesting. shift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So those are the general observations I I made about this. I mean, I I have and we could talk about this in the next segment, but in my own space that they um none of them see this as what i see it as which is kind of a radical um statement on discipleship yeah so we can get talk about some of these different pieces in our next segment i think sure sounds yeah.
1: good thanks christy Hi friends, we're back and I think I'm going to let Christy follow up on some of the thoughts she was she was uh, voicing at the end of her segment about how um, this particular passage in light of the way it's been interpreted throughout the history of the church uh, how do we how do we deal with this passage in our current context so what do you think Christy well
0: I think we have to look at the limits of the exegesis of this period um, you know Calvin which is in his harmonizing mode and um, the medieval church which is in its neoplatonic mode and I think we really have to think about Luke and, and, and some of the things Luke does and I, what strikes me about it is that this is a passage about women Mm -hmm. um, that is unique to Luke. And Luke, as we know, um, in many ways is very radical in his radical acceptance of people and his radical discipleship. And so I kind of look at this personally as um, a, a statement about radical discipleship of women, which were supposedly, in the correct correct job doing exactly what Martha does. And Mm -hmm. I think I mentioned it earlier. You know, we see that with Abraham and Sarah, Sarah being the perfect host, bringing the cakes out. And when they ask where she is, she's back in the kitchen doing the work she's supposed to be doing. This is how it's set up of what women's role is. And now we have Mary who gets to sit and listen at Jesus' feet and that this is indeed really the better discipleship mm-hmm. if you will this is this is
1: and Jesus said she's chosen the better part and it will not be taken away from her no,
0: exactly exactly <laughs> it like no one wants her to be there the men will come in and tell her she doesn't have the ability to understand what Jesus teaches she doesn't have the right to understand so maybe i come in with a feminist view but i think luke came in with a feminist view. At least he yeah. was in a view of, of really maybe making people think about who are the disciples.
1: I think I think Luke was definitely in, in the space of affirming that women played roles, of, were involved in roles not only of discipleship but also of ministry. Because that was the reality of the church. Uh, that he was serving and that he was addressing was, you know, as I mentioned before, we have all these coworkers of Paul that that Luke must have been aware of some of these folks. And, you know, we have Luke is the only one who mentions that these women uh, who were of independent means um, went around with Jesus and the disciples and ministered to them. And again, the verb is diaconeo, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and just the, the whole setting of that diaconia and diaconeo, I think, to me, prevents us from saying that Martha is doing anything wrong.
0: Right, right. What Martha right.
1: is doing is legitimate diaconia. Her, her problem is not what she's doing. Her problem is that she's distracted. She's right. worried. It's it's her. It's her. Right. It's her attitude. It's her. It's right. her. Her where her heart is, and right. and and that is impeding her in her discipleship. Right. And again, there is the. But there is also this. I think there is this sense in Luke's gospel that listening to the word is foundational for all forms of discipleship right, right, and right. That, that that takes precedence but again i don't think i don't think luke is meaning to cast martha in a negative light mm-hmm. other than the fact that she's she's being distracted and and right. you know who of us is not distracted at times by right. by our situation right. in life
0: Right. I think some people are caught up with that that she is telling asking Jesus, "Hey, come tell Mary what is her role." Mm-hmm. But I think Luke depicts it. And again, this is him depicting a story that as we've already pointed out is kind of back and forth in the tradition, but I think I think this is this is going on really just to to point emphasize even more that the expected how society expects roles. you to do yeah. things yeah. isn't necessarily what the kingdom of God looks like and that the kingdom of God looks like people who are responding in faith to um, to to Jesus
1: well and I think and I think that's right um, and, and you know to me one of the things I see in the way uh, this passage has been handled throughout the history of the church is that people I think are are constantly up until the modern period, constantly trying to put women back into their conventional roles in one way or another, mm-hmm. you know. Origin says that Martha and Mary's service are both you know acceptable, but you know um, he really does he really does initiate that whole idea that Mary represents the contemplative life and Martha represents sort of the life of uh, right. a, a woman who is. is taking care of the household right. and and you know whether you're in a a nun in a in a cloister or whether you're you know a woman and as uh, taking care of the household those are both still very conventional roles for right. women right. And, and i don't think that's what luke's passage well, was intended I, to 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 convey i think
0: we get a clue because luke doesn't tell us about the house owned by lazarus he yeah. tells us about the house owned by right. mary right. or by martha it tells us about a woman um, who is already in a role um, uh, uh, that that is not typical right so suggesting that these women are in many way, both disciples. both of them mm-hmm. both of
1: them are disciples. disciples
0: outside of the traditional yes norm. both That's of them both
1: it. of them are disciples both of them are outside of the traditional norm Um, Martha by by being the head of a household and extending hospitality to a group of men. Mary by assuming the posture of a disciple and learning at the feet of Jesus, which then... You know, again, again, as I said before, in the gospel, when you when you learn from Jesus, the next step is that you join in proclaiming the message. Yeah. Uh, we, we talked exactly. about a couple of weeks ago that some of the seventy may have been husband and wife pairs, exactly. and, and some of the women may have taken an active role exactly. in in the you know getting the message of yeah. the kingdom of God out.
0: I, I think, and you know, as, as, and we don't know a lot. We 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 wish we had that information solidly in front of us but yet i think this is that information i think we do Luke, have some including hints it we do have some hints. information yeah. it's like pal look at this and yet how often in the tradition do we hear everyone assume but yeah. but john includes trying Blastress, to put them trying to put them back into a conventional role exactly yeah. and i i think that's not what's intended here.
1: well and one of the things i hear in our context is is that there are some people approaching this and trying to kind of they're they're pushing back on that, understandably, and they're trying to sort of champion Martha, and and mm. and say that Martha's role was really more important than Mary's role, and i i want to I want to push back on that a little bit because again, I think that's bringing, you know, that's that's going a little bit too far.
0: Okay, in, I th- I want you to. Contextualize a little bit. What? Why are they arguing that Martha's role is more? Well, because
1: they're wanting to say that Martha is engaged in ministry because it's a diaconia. Oh, I see. And so, so they're they're emphasizing that Martha's Martha's work is a ministry. And while I agree with that one hundred percent, you know, in the context of Luke, what is what is clear here is not that Mary is the disciple and Martha is not, but rather that. Mary is engaged in listening to the word of, of the Lord, and Martha is distracted. Right, and so um, uh, I think I think it kind of presses the passage. And again, it's it's like, well, we've got this convention, we've got this idea that the conventional roles shouldn't apply here, and so we're going to read this outside the conventional roles, and we're going to really read it outside the conventional roles by making Martha the hero of this passage, mm. and and it it kind of turns the passage on the head because in in the context of Luke's gospel. You know, I see kind of a productive um, dialogue between this passage and the parable of the Good Samaritan, mm-hmm. which immediately precedes it. Right. We talked last week about how the parable of the Good Samaritan is all about doing. Mm-hmm. Doing the mercy and the compassion that you shall love your neighbors yourself calls us right. to do. And and in this passage is all about hearing. You know, right. the importance of hearing the word of the Lord. Right, And, you know, I, I'm... Uh, Fred Craddock, in his, you know, he sort of has his own version of Calvin's statement. You know that there is a time to do and there's a time to to mm-hmm. to to listen and and hear and knowing wh- which and when is a matter of spiritual discernment. You know, and right. so I think we need to take the larger look in Luke's gospel and see, see what's going on here. And and it's clear that that Luke is focusing on what Mary is doing. And again, I think it's clear that what mm-hmm. Mary is doing. Was was way outside the conventional norms
0: right. of that day, right.
1: and and you know we sort of take it for granted that women can be disciples, but that was not necessarily right. something that you could take for granted well, in that day.
0: On the other hand, you know, saying or in kind of the same vein, I do think you know Luke didn't try to take this out of the story that it was and mm-hmm. create some kind of made up story about women not being in household roles, right? I mean, that doesn't make sense either. And he he didn't do that. He made it so when women read it and, and even women today, at least, at least my, my generation that still grew up with, you know, getting China and serving ideas Mm -hmm. for, for our weddings and that our role would be at some point in time to be a hostess. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that is how I was raised anyway. And I, you know, my mom had tea parties all the time for folks and was always a hostess. And I think, um, at least my generation still grew up with that can, can walk right into this passage and understand exactly what Martha's experience is. Sure. I think younger generations where this is less of a thing, or I see both men and women hosting isn't isn't quite isn't going to bring quite the same way they're mm-hmm. going to have to come at it with a little bit different eyes maybe with both men and women in that hosting role Sure um, but but in terms of in terms of even my, me when i read it i, I hear that that hosting piece that these are roles that that women are taught to do to be in mm-hmm. and to be at, to be married is very unsettling to be honest when you thought you're supposed to be the Sure to be the hostess and to be in a space where you actually can sit and listen and that that is your call, that's, that's a, that's, that is, that's radical.
1: It is. It is indeed. Yeah. um, I mean, in in a very real sense, Mary was breaking through a lot of conventional boundaries by adopting Mm -hmm. the the role of a, of a disciple. Mm -hmm. You know, rabbis did not accept women as disciples. That was not done. And yet I think, you know, again, we see in Luke's gospel particularly, and in Acts, that, that, um Jesus and then the early church you know while you know as i said before while there are some efforts in the early church as as reflected in the new testament documents there are some efforts to try to sort of um reinforce some of the conventional norms so mm-hmm. as not to co- create any unnecessary right. offense nevertheless you've got women basically in every kind of role a woman as an apostle a woman as a diaconos, a woman mm-hmm. as a you know as a, there, there's yep. not a woman mentioned as a poemine but but nevertheless you know you've got women i mean priscilla and 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 aquila mm-hmm. have a have a church meeting in their house well, you know and, and so who's leading that and, well probably priscilla <laughs> and
0: lydia is a woman right. who is a wealthy cloth trader, I mean, obviously, she's not in a traditional role right, either. Right. Um, so, yeah, we see women outside of the norms that are absolutely um, disciples. Yeah. yeah.
1: Unfortunately, you know, in, in some contexts, um, you know, in other contexts where they're more conservative, they take. You know, there's some passages like in in First Corinthians 14, Paul says, "Let the women be silent in church." Mm-hmm. And then, you know, um, um, uh, I think it's First Timothy uh, where where Paul or Paul or whoever wrote First Timothy says, "You know, I don't allow a woman to teach or to have authority over a man." Mm-hmm. You know, and they they get focused on those kind they of get things, very
0: focused on those,
1: and, and 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 they they ignore some of these other references that indicate that women were playing leadership roles you know even in that first corinthians 11 passage you know yeah he says the women should pray and prophesy which means speaking the word of the lord they should pray and prophesy with their head covered but he still allows them to pray and prophesy in the worship service in church so you get
0: very caught up with timothy and um i i see that as as, i mean that's unfortunate problem Mm -hmm. but you know i have been um in my when I did chaplaincy work and I'd run into all kinds of different people from, from all kinds of backgrounds, I was in, if I ran into certain people um, from certain faith backgrounds, was not allowed to pray mm. to lead the prayer wow. with a man. Yeah. So if I came in to pray with somebody and there was a man from this tradition, he'd be like, oh, but you can't pray. I will have to pray. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. Mm-hmm. Talk about... Uh, and. Insult to God's call sure. on us, and and to um, uh, uh, and to the the um, equality that all people are afforded in our creation.
1: Well, and the sad thing is, you know, here we have a clear uh, a passage that clearly, I think, endorses both Martha's diaconia and Mary's devotion to discipleship. You know, in Luke's gospel, Luke wants to place an emphasis in this passage on hearing the word. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I I mean, still Martha is doing diakonia. That's true. And and Mary, Mary is devoted as a, is, as devoted to hearing the word as a disciple. Mm-hmm. Both are important. Both are necessary. Uh, I, I think Luke wants to say, and and you know, hearing the word in Luke and Acts is a very Particular theme, mm-hmm. and I think Luke wants to stress the importance, the, the sort of the foundational importance yes, yes. of hearing the word of in discipleship. Hearing the word, yeah. yes, yes. I yes. think he wants to stress that, but but again, I, you know, that by no means invalidates the diaconia that you're going to find all over Acts and all over the New Testament right, that right. that is being carried out, and certainly hospitality is one of the chief among the roles of diaconia that you find in the New Testament.
0: Yeah absolutely absolutely so yeah i am you know i I, as alan pointed out this uh it's a very short passage but it's really really got a lot of depth to it and i think you can go a lot of directions well
1: and you know the the thing that i come away with this from is that it seems like for most of church history people have taken this passage and have tried to put women back in their conventional roles in some way um and um that's not that's not being true to this text. You know, I agree. this I this agree. text is clearly endorsing both Martha and Mary in roles that are non-conventional. And 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 saying that you know in the kingdom that Jesus is bringing, you know this is entirely. Uh, I mean, this is part of the kingdom that Jesus is bringing. Is that that women play the roles that that they are called to, to play, and and that women can be disciples, women can be uh, ministers, women right. can lead, women right. can can speak, women right. can can preach, women can do all the things right. that they're called to do.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks, Alan.
1: All right. Thanks that's our podcast for today if you heard something that was helpful to you please subscribe to our podcast and tell your friends about us
0: it's our hope and prayer that our time together might bear fruit in your ministry as you build up the body of christ
1: we hope you'll tune in next week and in the meantime let's keep serving each other as we together listen, listen for, for the, the word, word.